With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dude, what is that cricket sound? I'm out. I'm out back. You want okay, me to go inside? I was going to like, I mean, you can do what you want. <laughs> I thought it was Bryson again. He moved from one place with spiders <laughs> to another place with crickets. Just out here. Yeah. Enjoy. I'd much, much rather have crickets than spiders, but. I mean, as yeah. much as we could use the crickets for the podcast for for the jokes that we tell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's either crickets outside or dogs inside. So, take your pick. I'd, I'd rather have dogs. <laughs> crickets would be like, wah wah. <laughs> yeah, definitely not the vibe we need right now, huh? No way, dude. Just so you know, Bryson, we're just. We're just going to have them on at the very beginning. They're going to do a little thing and then they'll be on their way. They steal your airtime, right, Christian? That's right. I need it. I need it for myself. <laughs> I got a face for radio and I need to use it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ready, Andrew? Born ready. Let's do it. Good day or bad, there's always time to be social. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's always time to be social. Welcome to the Social Hall Podcast. My name is Christian Judd. Seated across from me, as always, virtually, is Andrew McCullough. How's it going, buddy? Fan-fucking-tastic. What's up, man? (laughs) (laughs) Best week of my life. Every week's the best week of your life. You know You guys are killing me. This is amazing. (laughs) Oh, it's like word for word. I mean, Aaron took some li- uh, some liberties with the, with the language. <laughs> I mean, what did you expect? It's double. <laughs> she double want, she wanted to get. She wanted to get bleep. She wanted to make up for last week. Yeah, I failed you guys last week. I gotta <laughs> step up my game. <laughs> you kind of failed yourself a little bit, but you know, at, obviously, we've got Madison Judd, my daughter, and her bestie Aaron Valentine back. What's up, ladies? living it up here (laughs) just living it up on campus but yeah you know it's great to have you here andrew though you brought somebody special not that you're not (laughs) no i i did uh somebody much more special than i i brought um bryson never thrown an incompletion barn bryson how you doing man (laughs) i'm doing good that's almost better than utah's own it absolutely is absolutely but um, before we get before we get going with you, Bryson, we we promised a a weekly update for home games. Uh, the must moment of the week. 
So take it away, ladies. What do you got this week from the Mus? Well, a little update. The Mus was more hype last Saturday. That's got to feel nice. a lot more energy. I think people were pretty boozed up. Not going to lie. I think I might have had something to do with it. (laughs) You got that later game. It gives you more time to to get in on that. Yeah, I know. But um, it was great. Everyone, like, knew what they were doing. And we just had a great time. So, Bryson, did you feel it? Could you feel that energy from the mus? No, he didn't, obviously. He didn't. <laughs> thumbs up. You thumbs, get a up. thumbs up. He's having, he's having microphone thumbs difficulties. Some technical he, difficulties. That's fine. He definitely felt the energy in the mus. You, you, I hope you, so. Because this is a visual media, you, you guys didn't see this, but Bryson was jumping up and down, cheering like, like you just <laughs> tossed the touchdown to Keithy in Thomas the end zone. But, um, you know, speaking of boozing it up, not that you were because you're underage, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it was a little bit different for me this week because, you know, you made your way through the tailgate for the first time as a student. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been to a number of different tailgates, Madison, over the years, but I know that your friend group that you were with, they'd never been and you were looking like a champ just doing your thing. So. What was that like for you? It was really fun. I had to show them around, you know. I got a, main, a, a reputation of maintaining, so got to, you know, put my my Christian Judd pants on and <laughs> ready to party. Those are some <laughs> big pants. Around. It was really fun though, and I took them to the pig bus and got some food and shout yeah, out to Welby and the gang. Yeah, a lot of fun. So, well, great. Interjection, well, thank- interjection. I can speak now. Must okay. was live. Must was live. <laughs> Must was I'm so live. Glad. There I'm you so go. Glad. Stamp of approval. Again, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. It's been <laughs> it's been a lot of fun once again. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll catch up with you on the next one. Okay. Bye. Bryson Barnes. Man, buddy. Mic and earbuds working. Let's go. No, you're look. You're, <laughs> you're fresh, man. So, um, we had a pretty good showing last week. So, you know, we we did a little preview with uh, Miki, and he was feeling confident going in. So, mm-hmm. kind of like give us give us a rundown of of uh, you know where you were at going into that game, and and walk us through. You know, you 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 got a little a little time in. So, mm-hmm. so tell us, tell us what that was, what that was like d- during that uh, week in preparation. So, yeah, I mean, obviously San Diego state, I feel like is usually kind of known for their defense and their unorthodox things they do there. And so, I mean, obviously it, it's, it's a real challenge to prepare for them because they're doing the things that, you know, you're like, like what in the world does this look? So, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of practice and I feel like the coaches really prepared us for what we were going to expect. And, you know, it, it was obviously a softening process that needed to go on. You know, they're, they're a physical team. It was a physical game. You know, so it was a, that's why the first quarter, you know, if you look at the box score, you know, not a whole lot of points scored, if any. But then, you know, that second quarter starts coming around, that third quarter, you know, just like I was just saying about that softening process, you know, it, it really started to take place. We were able to, you know, start moving the ball on the ground, which kind of opened the thing up in the air. And we were able to kind of 
let loose on him after we I got him all softened up. Yeah, so I got a question. Um, you know, you you mentioned kind of the the slower start, um, mm-hmm. softening him up. Is is that a is it kind of like you know a boxer feeling his way through the beginning of a yes. round, taking a couple punches, or yep. is there something that's that's because we we had a slower start against SUU as well, mm-hmm. um, you know. In fact, both games we started slower uh, even than the Florida game. So yeah, talk to that to just a little second. Are you guys just feeling feeling out the defense or or what the, yeah. what's happening? Yeah, for and, sure. and also so, really quick, just ensure that that's not how it's going to be this whole season. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's nerve wracking, man. Uh, for sure, but I mean, there's no, there's no need to worry. There is four quarters of football, and I mean, that's why you play the game. You know, you could have the worst first half of your career one quarter, but you know, you just kind of take every rep and maximize it every opportunity you have. But you know, as far as slow, slower starts, I mean. That stuff's going to happen, especially when you're playing more physical teams. And, I mean, you have to look at things one week at a time. You know, it's it's easy to compare different weeks together. And, you know, sure, there are similarities, but, you know, you just got to – every situation is different. You know, like, you know, a game plan going in San Diego State is completely different to playing SU. You know, just mentality with everything is a lot different going into week to week. So, I mean, obviously, mentality is never to start slow. You know, obviously, we want to drive down there put put some points on the board quick but I mean you know sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot with just a little penalty you know we'll be we'll finally get the ball rolling I mean we started off we moved the ball down the field got about midfield got a penalty and when you administrative penalties like false starts and just little little things like that I mean it really just kind of slow it slows you down momentum wise and so I, I would, I mean, I would say that it's kind of like a lot of the issue we're having as far as our quote unquote slow starts is we're just making little mistakes that are costing us penalties, costing us yards, putting us back and slowing our momentum down. Once you guys, guys did get going, you started pouring points on in a hurry. Um, you know, tight ends uh, have been, uh, they've been great all season. We saw the wide receivers finally get loose a little bit. We saw Devon Vele catch a couple of, touchdowns we saw Solomon Ennis uh Enos sorry uh grab his first touchdown as a U actually I did not realize that was his first but uh, saw him grab his first touchdown as a U um and uh so so good things out of those those kind of uh you know those um uh, you know outside wide receivers but what were your thoughts uh on the passing game in general I mean once we did get them loose and up um what kind of thoughts were you having over there uh, on the sideline yeah, I mean, just like I was saying, you know, there's there's a lot of things you have to take into account of, like, you know, with our slow starts and with that passing game. You know, there's a lot more to the story than just a, an incompletion thrown, you know. Sometimes, I mean, <laughs> there's flags the refs miss. Sometimes there's something wrong with the route, something wrong with the protection. And just there's a lot of factors that go into the passing game. And I feel like, you know, it's just a tribute to the receiver's hard work, you know, because everybody else they ever hear about is how our tight ends are, the strength and, Oh, what about the receivers? What about the receivers? And I mean, receivers, they've been working and I'm glad to finally see it pay off because I mean, Solo and Bailey, you know, it's been, it's been some time coming for them and the work that they've been putting in. So I was really excited to see them really kind of open up the passing game because I mean, uh, you know, you, you defense are focused on our tight ends, obviously, you know, Brant, Keith and Duncan Cade get a lot of a large majority of our reception. So being able to have those outside threats, I mean, it just it it opens up the pass game completely when you have four viable threats out there, including possibly a running back out there. So it definitely opens things up. Yeah, there was a quote during the I think it was a second touchdown pass that Bailey had, 
um, that one of the broadcasters said that Kyle Whittingham was saying that he is ready to become a star. And I think that you can see that this year. Um, so, you know, walk us through that where, you know, obviously, as you mentioned that the, the tight end group, they've been solid for, for that, for that passing game, but things are starting to look like they're opening up and we were hearing all camp. We've been hearing it in, in, you know, post-game conferences that the passing game is, is uh, the focus right now. So, you know, walk us through what kinds of things that you're going through to make those improvements, make those adjustments so that the balls are getting in the receiver's hands. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a matter of being able to get into the right spots and making plays and winning the one-on-ones as a receiver. You know, I mean, a lot of the tight ends are out there. Also, they're a lot of times they're voided zones in the middle. And so they're easy little dump off passes, but as a receiver, you know, you, I mean, you hear it all the time. You got to be able to win the one-on-one. And I mean, they lane solo and the guys, you know, they've been freaking grinding. I mean, I, you're able to kind of see them a little bit at practice when we're doing individual work. You know, they're grinding, they're there after practice, they're catching balls, they're getting this little extra stuff, little releases in. So that when it comes game time, it's just second nature to them and they're able to win those one-on-ones. And when you got a guy that can win the one-on-ones, I mean, it's just, it opens everything up. And so I think, definitely think the reason why they're able to get the ball is they're just freaking, they're flat out winning those one-on-one matchups now. And competitive, competitive balls being thrown their way, competitive catches, they're coming down with it. And I mean, as a quarterback, that just gives you more confidence in your receivers that you know, like, Hey, if it's a 50-50 ball, the majority is coming going my way. Yeah, you had uh, you, you you mentioned winning the one-on-ones. Uh, you had uh, I don't know if you've you've rewatched it, uh, but Solomon's touchdown. Uh, he runs. He's running his route, and he he does this little shutter step move. Yep. Uh, before he cuts in across the field. And the footwork on the route is phenomenal. Um, you know, you can see him, he, you know, he, he masters that route um, and then he makes the cut. And, you know, if you watch just the touchdown pass, he looks like he's wide open, right? But um, yeah. when you dial back the film, you know, you really see him putting in putting in the work on the shutter step and a perfect cut. And then it makes just an easy throw from Cam. Uh, it looks super easy, but, but he's putting in the work. And I was super pumped to see him grab a touchdown. Uh, I didn't, again, I didn't know it was his first, but uh, hopefully the first of many this season. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. And just like, you know, yeah, just like you were saying, you know, what he did at the top of the route. I mean, that, that's really what skeptics. I mean, that's the thing what I was just saying, oh, your receiver has got to be able to win the one-on-ones. And I mean, he had press coverage coming off the line and he's got like, it was about a 15 yard in and the, those are competitive reps. You know, you have to be able to get on top of the corner stack and, and then, he's sitting there playing you whichever way you're going to cut. And so you have to give some, you know, some, some personality up at the top of the route. And that's what really opened him up. Cause I mean, if you look to where the corner was at before he broke to when he caught that ball, I mean, he toasted him. And so that's the biggest thing that they've been working on. I I really think it's paying off and, you know, solo and Bailey, it's really starting to show, you know, that their work they're putting in and I'm excited to see it pay off for them. Well, I love too that, um, you know, you're, you're seeing the work being put in by the defense as well. It's really starting to jive well. I mean, it was uh, toward the beginning of the third quarter. You had that incredible pick by Crenny Reed. Yeah. Um, set up the touchdown from uh, Tavion Thomas. And, you know, seeing more of that with, you know, the flow of the defense really starting to hit its stride is going to keep you 
uh, in the field, you know, when, when needed and, but, uh, you know, get, getting the offense or keeping the offense in, on the, on the field as well. Um, I don't, do you remember what the, the numbers were split for offensive defense? I mean, it seemed like, it seemed like um, you guys were on the field at least, you know, 35, oh, 40 minutes of the, like the time of possession. Yeah. I, I don't know that stat. I could, I could look that up real quick though. Um, it was, it was definitely, um, heavily, uh, favored, um, with your, with your side of the ball. Um, and so I think that, you know, at least, at least Andrew and my expectation was that you guys were going to go in there and, you know, it's, it's different playing at home versus, versus playing at San Diego, San Diego state. But it seemed to us that you, you went in there with, with a, an agenda, you know, last year, that game was, I mean, it was devastating to watch. And so seeing, seeing that, that game end the way that it did with that. All right. You guys can, you guys can have one at the end of the fourth quarter, <laughs> you know, that game should have been 35, nothing, but, or, you know, what do you, what do yeah. you do? We don't take no, no shit from anyone. No, yeah, it was nice because, I mean, especially last year, you know, obviously things did not go our way down there. It, you know, I mean, it's just a bad game to watch. It's a bad game to go back and look at. And so, I mean, having that in the back of your head the whole – I mean, honestly, like kind of the whole season and leading up to it, you know, you're ready to get some payback for those guys, you know, because what we did down there was not what we showed. Who we, we didn't show who we actually were. And so when they're coming to our house, you know, it's – it's a different ball game for sure. And I mean, just the mentality to go out there and attack them and just keep it, keep going on. Cause I mean, yeah, 35 to zero, it, it could have been a lot more. Yeah, for sure. But it's setting up, it's setting up nicely for going into this weekend. You guys are traveling yeah. down to Arizona to take on Arizona state and setting up the first game of pac 12 play. So, you know, how are you feeling now with that momentum you know, after getting that taste out of your mouth uh, after week one and, and shifting into Pac-12 play now? No, yeah, definitely. Because, uh, like, I'm, I'm excited. I feel like just the – like, you kind of feel like the mojo with the team, you know. Like, you're able to kind of pick up on a vibe every time you walk in the facility and you see the guys. And, I mean, it's it's great all around. I mean, obviously, week one was it was disappointing. But, I mean, ever since then, I don't feel like we've ever, we've ever looked back. I mean, we just keep kind of rolling. We've been taking care of the little things. And I just feel like our momentum coming into, the, into this game and not even this game is the Pac-12 play in general. You know, I, I feel confident and I feel confident in the team and just the vibe and the mojo that you're getting in the locker room is really, it's high. I like to hear that. Um, you know, each year is, you know, even though you guys brought so much of the team back, uh, each year is a different year, especially where you lost such vocal leaders like a Britton Covey, like a Devin Lloyd. Um, you know, it takes a second for you guys to, to kind of, you know, get the locker room figured out. And it sounds like you guys have. So I, I love to hear that. Um, one question I have leading into this week is um, we know that uh, Herm Edwards, the, the, the now former coach of the, uh, San Diego, or of the uh, Arizona State Sun Devils, was let go uh, after the Wait, what, what What happened, though, was – you know, we all saw Lane Kiffin got left on the tarmac years ago. Uh, they did one different for Herman, and, and they end zoned him. Fired him in the end zone. They end zoned him. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, that's a know. whole other was level. That, was that for real? Did they, yeah, they the AD met him in the end zone. I think my guess is they said, "Hey, we're gonna have a chat after." Yeah, but I, I mean, I can't I believe they, they exchanged believe pleasantries. They actually, but yeah, the dude yeah, knew. Yeah. Like you had, you yeah. had to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're highly compensated. There's a lot of pressure, um, you know. But uh, sometimes when you see those moments like that, it's like, wow, that's I mean, uh, <laughs> you lose to Eastern Michigan. Hey, it happens. It happens. It um, happens, but, but but now Utah uh, is going to face a coach with uh, an inter- or a team with an interim head coach, uh, Bryson. You, I'm not sure if you you faced that yet in your career, but um, uh, us Utah fans are familiar with this. It happened to us like three times against USC between like mm. 2012 and 2016. It was like every other time we faced we them last year with USC. I believe. Uh, okay. Yeah. See, I mean, it's like it happens all the time. It feels like with yeah. USC this year. It's happening with Arizona State. What? Um, I mean, does that throw a wrench in your in your guys's uh, preparation, or do you guys still feel like, hey, the team is what the team is down there? Things might be slightly different, but they're not gonna. It's not gonna be a wholesale change. So we just gotta continue to do our game prep. Or what's the thought process that goes on uh, yeah. for you guys? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, you have to take into consideration. Uh, the head coach leaving I mean and how that's go- going to affect the players and you know yeah yeah you have to as far as preparation goes I mean I would you, you kind of prepare the way you're going to regardless you know but you 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 make it known the possibilities I mean these players down there it they could either be down but you don't you don't plan on them being down you're, to me if I'm in that position and I'm down at Arizona State it's going all right you know, our head coach is gone. We got a new head coach. We just we just lost to a MAC team or the WAC. I don't even know what division they're in, you know, but a, a lower tier team, you know, we're turning over a new leaf. You know, this is the start of Pac-12 play. Those previous three games, they did not matter. They, they're not going to affect us and our goal to make it to the Pac-12 championship. And so let, let's kind of let's give her hell, you know, let's, let's go after them. Let's, let's frustrate. Let's knock Utah off. You know, that to me, if I was an Arizona State player, that would be my mentality is I'm going to come into this game. We're going we're to knock Utah off. We're turning over a new leaf. And so that's kind of what we're prepared for. And we're going to shut that down. I mean, it's an interesting choice. You, you have, you know, a number of different coaches from different positions to choose from. I don't know how often it happens where you have a running back coach instilled in the in the head coaching position after a after a coaching shift like that but you know we'll 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 see how it goes I mean I would I would think that it wouldn't be any worse than what they were putting out in the last uh, few years at Arizona State um so what is it that you are um doing yourself to to prepare then for for these changes for the I mean, it's not it's not Florida humidity, but it's definitely Arizona heat. So, yeah, what kinds of things are you doing um, to to prepare for this week's game? So, yeah, I mean, obviously, people heard about what we kind of did with our indoor with Florida. You know, you kind of do the same thing, probably less humidity, obviously, and just kind of more dry heat. And I mean, that's the way you prepare for the heat down there. And then, as far as the preparation goals at Arizona State, I mean, none, none of that changes. You know, you do the same thing every week, and that is to prepare for the team you're going to face. 
And sure, there may be some changes, but we, we can adjust to changes. You know, it's, it's not going to be vastly different than what they've been running. You know, a team's not going to be very successful if they completely change everything they were doing. And so, you know, you, you do anticipate some changes, but, you know, you prepare with what you've seen and possibly what you can anticipate and then adjust in game. Um, this year, you're, you're the clear cut um, number two versus last year, you know, at this time, you were kind of buried on the depth chart. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what what the difference is um, in, in terms of your preparation going into a game being knowing that you're one snap away from taking over this team versus, you know, last year, probably running a lot of the scout. Oh, at this time, um, you know, what what what's the difference in terms of the preparation that, that you're that, that you're putting in on a weekly basis? Mm-hmm. OK, so, yeah. Uh... Like last year, I was still kind of working with the O. You know, obviously there was, there wasn't like a clear cut. You know, me and Jay were kind of working things through with the twos and stuff like that. And so, but I mean, as far as that concerns, last year was my first year essentially traveling as a quarterback. And so last year, you know, I I kind of was able to feel my way through of what it's like to study weekly for an opponent. You know, so I was able to kind of get like my feet wet with how things are done, kind of what to expect at practices, kind of what 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 it's like scouting a team in college. And so that was kind of my first exposure last year with it all. And so that way I was able to kind of come into this season and already kind of know what to expect. And so I'm able to kind of focus my study on different things. Whereas last year I was just kind of testing the waters with different things and making sure I was prepared. But uh, as far as preparation goes this year, I mean, I would say it's very different than what I did last year. You know, I you know, like to pride myself on being prepared for situations and when my number's called. And so, I mean, mentality mentality wise I would say it hasn't changed you know knowing that you're one hit away two hits away however many hits away it may be you know you're not going to regret putting in extra work studying that whole thing because it's going to pay off in some form of another I mean like last year I studied a lot and I got I ended up playing the very last game of the year yeah does that doesn't mean I wasted those previous eight weeks because in Texas I didn't get to play no, not necessarily because I was able to kind of, I was able to get my feet wet. I was able to learn different things when I was studying that I'm able to carry over to this year and kind of do the same thing. So I'm able to stay prepared the same way I was last year. And and what's, um what's interesting too, is like, even though, you know, Andrew and I, we've been, we've been fanning you for ever since the spring when we first uh, had you on the podcast. And so when we learned that you had gotten the number two job, we were elated for you, you know, you didn't, you got three yards rushing yourself, but you were just, you were, you were uh, handing off the ball in that, in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to know though, is, is um, when you're doing that preparation work, are you, are you, you know, we don't see it, you know, where, where mm-hmm. you're, where you're doing the, the studying, like you're, you're mentioning, are you, are you tandemly working with, with Cam, with JJ? um in the in the room looking at film and then studying it on your own as well like walk us through that process okay so yeah i mean obviously a lot of your studying is done because there's only so much time you're in meetings at the facility around the guys and so a lot of your preparation is on your own time and so what kind of like what we're able to do is you know cam's looking at stuff i'm looking at stuff 
you know, we've got some other quarterbacks in the room, Jay, and the other guys, you know, they're also looking at things where, when we're able to get together, where we'll be like, hey, like this kind of was something I noticed, you know, and Cam goes, oh, yeah, this is what I'm seeing. We're able to kind of take all of our studying and put it together, and I think it definitely helps the quarterback room as a whole. And, I mean, yeah, as far as watching film, I mean, I mean, me, me and Cam are usually in there pretty early, and, you know, we'll be watching – we'll watch some things together. You know, we'll talk through some things about what kind of like what we're seeing. And as far as preparation goes, though, it's it's kind of majority on the individual side because there's only so much time you're able to be at the facility with class and all that jazz. Well, it's incredible. We are so excited for Pac-12 play to start. Um, you're coming in, taking on a, a one and two Arizona State team who's had some shakeups. So let's see if we could shake it up some more, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You got the lemonade, but baby, I ain't buying. Need something hotter to melt the ice. Get you some Gatorade because your mouth is dying from drooling over me. We're back, and since uh, Bryson already was awarded his doctorate degree uh, last in the spring when he was on with us last, uh, we're not gonna have Doc Talk this week, um, but we're gonna yeah, have disappointed. social award. Very disappointed. disappointed. Uh, but we were excited to have uh, have Bryson back on, especially now that he's um, you know had a couple of games under his under his belt this season, a few games under his belt. Um, but we're going to shift gears for just a minute and focus uh, off the field. Um, and we're going to, we're going to talk about favorite Gatorade flavors. So, um, you know, there's a lot of great flavors of Gatorade out there. Um, obviously, no, you got to stay hydrated. You know, Bryson, he's an athlete of, you know, the highest caliber. Christian and I are kind of uh, wannabe weekend warriors. We got to stay <laughs> hydrated. Um, so we're going to round table this. Let's start with, with Christian. We'll go age before beauty. Um, what's your favorite flavor of Gatorade, Christian? Man, I I got to be honest with you. I don't drink a ton of Gatorade anymore. Um, just on the on the rare occasion when I've been when I've been out and sweating hard, which doesn't happen often because I'm an old I'm an old bastard that just doesn't. <laughs> I just don't do it. Um, but I go with the classic, man. Like. My my go to when I was a kid and I was and I was playing sports and and running around all day sweating, lemon lime that does it for me. Um, it is it is the best flavor, the number one. Um, it 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 doesn't have that weird chemical aftertaste that a lot of them do, so that's what I'm going with. Lemon lime, keeping it simple. Bryson, how about you, man? What's uh, what's your favorite flavor of? Of Gatorade or Powerade, I don't know which whichever sponsor. Oh, we uh, don't. Team, this but, this uh, segment is not. I mean, we can go Powerade. This is not sponsored, and, and Bryson doesn't have an NIL deal with them. So, uh, I just want to say that Powerade is delicious, mm. and it it cools you off on a hot summer day, and we look forward to Powerade's release of Mystic Mountain Blueberry. Mm. Thank you for all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. Bryson, favorite flavor of Gatorade, man. What's what are you reaching for? lime though i wouldn't turn down any of the blue flavors you know there's like that dark blue i don't even know i don't even know what the flavors are called just that dark blue it doesn't matter it just tastes like blue 
yeah. right? It's blue. It's money, like, money. Yeah. What is it? You got the the blue, the cool blue glacier, glacier, glacier freeze. freeze. Yeah, yeah. I, I can camel that glacier freeze, man. <laughs> Isn't there like an yeah, ice that, one too? Yeah, glacier freeze. You know, no, the there's like a fishing? like frost ice, frost ice, or something like that. Yeah, there's all sorts of. It's the light blue, the medium blue, the dark blue. Yeah, um, I like that. <laughs> Variations of blue. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a, a little taste of what goes on in my head. So I like to think, you know, compare and contrast a little bit. So, uh, you can know, I you just say really quick that that's hilarious that you said a little taste to yeah, see what's yeah, going on. Just a little taste. Um, you have you have the classic, the fruit punch. You know, uh, the red. I personally think it's it's just a little too sweet. It's it's a little kind of sickly sweet just too sweet it's more yeah. than a little too yeah like they need to just dial it back like a little you know a couple notches on the on the fruit punch uh, you have the orange the orange for me maybe it's because like that's what my mom always got us when we were sick was like an orange gatorade uh to rehydrate i just can't have it anymore as an adult it just because it tastes like orange sick. yeah it just reminds me of being sick as a as a child um <laughs> not a great flavor um, the light blues are great, especially if I'm, you know, I've been working up, uh, you know, sweat, um, being the uh, supreme athlete that I am. Um, or, or I like <laughs> also the lemon lime um, that you guys, that you guys both went with. I think it's probably, it, it, it's really refreshing, but it also has like a little uh, hint of an edge to it. Like a little, you know, the blue is really smooth. The lemon lime almost has like a little kick to it. Um, so I, I kind of like that. One flavor that I'm really into, and I don't know if you gentlemen have tried this, there's a green one, and it's uh, it's uh, Pepino Limon, which is cucumber oh, lime. Cucumber lime. Um, but it's, it's, it's Pepino Limon. It's in Spanish. Uh, it's, a, it's a light green. Um, you have, like, these hints of cucumber. Um, it's very refreshing. Uh, after the game. Check that out. The SU game, it was hot. I worked up a sweat watching you you guys run around the field. Um, so I stopped at a gas station, got myself a cucumber lime uh, Gatorade. And, you you know, you'd think that that's kind of going to be kind of gross. And it does taste like maybe you were just in like a spa or something and you're drinking like the cucumber water after. Um, but it has a nice ref ref uh, refreshing kick. Uh, but if I'm reaching for one after a hard day, I'm going to agree with you, gentlemen. Give me the lemon lime. Um, well, give me that yellow Gatorade. Let's go. Love it. Hey, since we didn't take very long on this one, I'm going to give you a uh, bit of a wild card here and, mm -hmm. um, you know, got to have a snack with your drink. So let's go real quick. Round table, best Dorito flavor. Bryson, you want to start that? Yeah, I'm good with the nacho cheese or the cool ranch. I'm kind of good with either. It's, it kind of depends on like the day, you know, like the, the nacho cheese. Those are the ones like, oh, man, I'm getting done at the pool, my turkey sandwich, my Capri Sun, and my cheese Doritos. Yeah. yeah. I love Capri it. Sun. The big the big one version, though, right? <clears throat> Not the yeah, little no, guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then, I mean, if, you have, if you've ever I made turkey sandwiches, it's a great thing for work. If you're ever going to work, turkey sandwich, get a bag of those nacho cheese Doritos, slap those on the sandwich. Oh, you yeah. know what that real quick that reminds me of. I had a conversation with my wife today. We went um, shopping for some some trees, some landscaping this afternoon. Um, on our way back, you know, we stopped at, at um, I can't remember where, but I was just telling her I was reminiscing a bit. I was like, you know what I really miss, and I don't even know what made me think of it. Scone cutter, 
the scone cutter turkey sandwich. I I doubt I don't know if you ever had it, Bryson, because they know that they don't have they they do not have or did not have a scone cutter out there. But um, you know, it's it's a it's a perfectly soft scone, fried scone that they make a sandwich out of. That with a turkey sandwich, man, best thing ever. So I'm missing that. Yeah, R.I.P. Scone Cutter. There isn't any left. Right? Yeah, man. They're, they're all gone. Yeah, uh, they 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 went out of business. I don't know what the heck happened to them, but they're no longer around. So yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll have to find them and then have them uh, have a, have a little food truck at our next. Either that or the there. three of us will have to make our own scone cutter. Call something different, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I I'm partial to the Cooler Ranch. Um, it just has more of a you know, je ne sais quoi. It's like a, I don't know, like not like a kick. I don't want to call it a kick, but uh, it has a little bit again, of a kick. Yeah, it's 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 just it's not, you know, it's it's not quite perfect not, amount of spice. Yeah, it's not bland. Yeah. It's not like it wakes up a little bit when you uh, put it in your mouth. Yeah, no, I get you, but um, I like the spice, so I'm going spicy nacho. That's my Too jam, dude. Nacho. I love it. Don't you cringe, Bryson Barnes. <laughs> Spicy nacho yeah. is good. The classic Ooh. nacho is great. Don't get me wrong, but I like a little bit of a little bit of heat in my life. So that's what I'm going with. Oh, um, man. Yeah. So a little bit of Gatorade, a little bit of Doritos in your life. It'll make things. It'll make things good on a on a Saturday afternoon, especially when you're hungry and and hot and need a little quench to your thirst. So we'll catch you guys on the next one. here with with Bryson Barnes um you know Bryson as we've mentioned um he won the the backup job this this fall um he's already appeared in in uh both the last two games um he went six for six um let's be honest too he should get some time in this game too yeah that's that's the hope is that uh Bryson sees some uh some time in in this game um, time and a touchdown that's all we want yeah uh, we want to see that perfect uh, completion record get put to the test. I want to see a few balls tossed. I, I was hopeful that you would get to at least throw one last week, but I get you guys were up so big, you're kind of running out the clock. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Bryson, I mean, I, I kind of feel like you, um, and not to be like derogatory, but I kind of feel like people have, you know, kind of consistently doubted you. Uh, you know, obviously you come from Milford, so you're, you're playing high school ball in Beaver, um, and it's just a smaller school, so it's hard to get the eyeballs, the attention. Uh, but you, ha- but you walk on. You essentially walk on to the University of Utah, um, kind of unheralded. Frankly, you know, a lot of people didn't even know your name. Um, and then all of a sudden, you're on the grandest stage of them all, uh, throwing touchdowns and the granddaddy of them all. Um, and you're kind of thrust into the spotlight. Um, but then you gotta, then you gotta go back to work in spring and in fall. Mm-hmm. You had to go. Uh, right back to work to to prove yourself to to win that 
that number two job. You got great uh, competition. Uh, Jaquinda Jackson is an amazing athlete. Um, and, you know, we also know that uh, you have uh, um, Rose and uh, Thompson uh, or Johnson, sorry, Johnson. Um, uh, they're up on the hill as well. So you guys have, there's a lot of talented quarterbacks in that room. Um, and but Bryson just to... says, I don't care. I'm Utah's own Bryson Barnes. <laughs> yeah. You're going to know my is... name. That's right. Now, say my name. This is my job. I'm taking it. So walk us through that. I mean, obviously, they're your teammates. They're your boys. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there does have to be a level of competition and somebody had to win the starting job. Um, I mean, what is that like, you know, where you're competing against, uh, your friends and, you know, your teammates, uh, but, but you got business to take care of. Yeah. I mean, it is a little bit different than you would kind of anticipate, you know, cause I feel like on the outside looking at, I mean, you look at quarterback competitions and you look at like maybe a tension between players and maybe like, there's like, Oh, like I'm going to avoid him and stuff, but it's completely different once you get up here. And that was one thing. I mean, that was my outlook on it before I got here. It was like, you got six quarterbacks in the room. How is there not like some tension? And honestly, it's just about us bettering each other and getting better each and every day. And so as far as everybody else in the room, I mean, you're just, you're, everybody's working on their craft, you know, everybody's kind of refining these little details that they need to fix. And it just, it, it like cumulatively makes everybody better, you know, with, when it, cause everybody's going to make a mistake and, some may be different than others. So everybody's kind of learned from each other and we all build each other up. So that's kind of like the, the positive of all that. Who's the sixth? Sorry. So there's, there's rising, uh, you Jackson, um, Rose and, and, uh, Thompson who's, or Johnson. Sorry. I keep calling him Thompson. Who's the sixth quarterback in the room? Uh, his name's Luke Batari. <clears throat> he was, a he's a JC transfer from San Mateo. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> super great kid he throws a really pretty ball probably one of the prettiest throwing motions i've ever seen throws it like really? a short stop yeah it's 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 really pretty and you know he he's, he's got a high football intellect you know he studies the game he knows the game inside and out and he grinds and you know i really get along with him and he, he i mean he just he, he keeps his nose down he freaking works and it, it's it's pretty cool to have him in the room you know because he has some, some collegiate experience and he got a good football IQ as well. Yeah. Well, and, and frankly, it's, it's, uh, you guys are, it's very underclass heavy. Um, so obviously mm -hmm. Cam rising, he's been in the program for a while. He was the transfer from Texas, technically only a junior because of the COVID year, uh, eligibility extension, but there's, there's a lot of talk that, you know, if he has a, a good year and you guys can kind of perform the way that we anticipate he and the team can perform, uh, that he may be going on to the next level after this year. I guess uh, time will tell on that. Uh, but then you have, uh, you know, the rest of you guys are all sophomores and, and, and freshmen. Um, and then, you know, Utah is also going to be bringing in uh, another freshman as well next year. Uh, and the competition essentially is going to be just like it was this year where it's back to the grindstone. You guys, you're all going to be competing for that, that uh, number one job. Um, you know, I, I was online talking to some people on the, on the Twitter in the Twitterverse, um, you know, some people said, oh, you know, if, you know, if, if, if something were to happen at Cam and you're making an in-game adjustment like the Rose Bowl, you'd probably see a Barnes. But, hey, if, if it was, you know, Cam was gone for the season or it's, you know, whole new thing, hey, it's, it's probably going to be Jackson. I stepped in uh, and I just said, hey, look, you know, 
for my two cents, um, you know, I, I think there's a reason Bryson continues to um, continues to win this number two job. And it's not just because he plays uh, more similar to Cam. It's because he, he's earned that that number two job, which which I believe is the case. Obviously, the coaches do as well. Uh, but talk to us a little bit as is it intimidating at all? Because uh, these other co- uh, quarterbacks, they're four star uh, athletes. I don't know mm-hmm. what or if you were ranked coming out of high school, um, but or is it to you? Is it just, hey, um, you know, I'm, I deserve every much of a shot as, as these other guys. Or is there a little bit of an intimidation factor? Is there a chip on your shoulder? I mean, what's your you know, talk to us a little bit about that. No, yeah. So, I mean, obviously coming out of high school, as far as 24-7 sports is concerned, I was a zero-star athlete. I think. Zero, star. zero to hero in our hearts, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, <shit>. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Making him blush. <laughs> zero to hero. That was cute. Anyways. Uh, I mean, obviously there's always going to be a chip on your shoulder when, you, first of all, you walk on. Uh, you have zero stars, your name, you know, that, that stuff, when you come in, you have that chip on your shoulder, but once you get, once, once you get up there, up on, up on the hill, I mean, you're, you're now on a team where everybody was the best where they came from. Nobody cares how many stars you had in high school. Nobody cares how fast you ran in high school. Nobody cares what stats you had in high school. High school is high school. We're in college now. And frankly, nothing that you did in high school matters. And it, so you, you come in with a whole, you come in with a whole clean slate, and you're just as good as the guy next to you. And it's about who's going to put that work in and, you know, better themselves and progress more or faster than the other guys. And so, you know, it, it just comes down to who's going to put their nose down and work. That's the perfect attitude um, because I think it was last year or remind me if I'm incorrect, Andrew, but the we had Steve Bartle on our preseason podcast and he said, that very thing that you know okay so you had four stars you had five stars whatever it may have been and you're relying on your high school mixtape nobody cares yep you're here prove yourself and it sounds like that's exactly what you did when and you went to work and you've definitely proven it because twice now two separate seasons you were in that spot and Mm -hmm you know, that the proof is in the pudding that, you know, you can go from a zero to a hero, <laughs> so to speak. And dude, I mean, like you've, you've got so much, so much talent out there anymore. And so many get different guys that are coming in with different um, skill set sets, different looks that they, that they put up. And so, you know, at the end of the day, who cares as long as you're, as long as you're making the moves that you're supposed to, and and doing the thing that you need to on on that field and in those practice settings, you're gonna get it. And you did. So, you know, that, that's Bryson, that's all there is to I, I wanna it. I wanna ask a question because I can't remember if it was in fall camp or in spring camp, um, when you guys tested the forties. Um, you ran a, you ran an exceptionally fast 40 time, if I recall correctly, like one of the faster ones on the team. I think a lot of people were kind of thrown like, oh, they wait a second, because you know, there's, there's almost like this, um, I don't even want to call it a narrative, but it, it almost like this narrative out there that like Bryson is, um, he's, he's fundamentally sound and he runs the offense, but he's an underwhelming athlete, but that's just not the case as far as, you know, the numbers we were hearing. 
Uh, talk a little bit about that. I mean, I mean, I'm not asking you to like, you know, toot your own horn too much. Um, but for talk about the athleticism, I mean, it's there. I mean, I, you know, we see it, uh, you know, from your 40 time and from your play on the field, like you're not just, uh, you know, just a, a, a conservative game manager. You have the ability uh, to go out there and be an athlete. Do you not? Yeah, you know, yeah, I definitely do. And that's something, I mean, obviously as a quarterback running is shit. Running is not my first priority. You know, I want to be able to put my, put the ball in the playmaker's hands. And when things fall apart or things ain't going well, you know, being able to have that athletic ability to be able to get out of the pocket, spread things out, take off running if you need to, you know, I wouldn't say I can, I mean, I'm, I'm not the most agile guy in the room, <laughs> but if I'm going to, if I need to run and get a first down, I'm going to run and get a first down. I mean, and I, you, you can scramble. We saw it in that. We Ohio saw in the Rose Bowl. He got a 16 yard scramble on a third down to, to extend that drive, the scoring drive. Um, you, you, you may not be, you, you may not consider yourself the most agile, but you were agile enough to get yourself down the field. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, to, almost to move the sticks, man. That's all, all it takes. Right. Well, Cam, Cam's kind of similar in that sense. Like, uh, obviously he's a, he's a pass first guy. Um, you know, he's looking, like you said, to get the ball in the playmaker's hands. Uh, but when he pulls it down, like he's deceptively athletic. Um, he is. You know, he is. And especially he's, he's a bigger guy. He, he, he's a thicker guy. Um, but yet he can, he can move the chains. And I think you got kind of a similar, uh, you know, I, a similar game, a similar um, build and finesse. Yeah. Um, that you can, that you can, you kind of lull the defense to sleep a little bit and then you pick up, uh, you know, 16 yards in a first down. Uh, what, what are you working on yourself? Um, and not, not necessarily specifically for any one game, but what's your kind of goal for yourself this year as far as, okay, this is one area of my craft that I want to master a little bit better this, this year. Uh, I would just say being able to move the pocket and make it throws on the run. Cause I, I feel like, I mean, that just makes you, that makes you that more, I can't like gives you that more, more threat. I mean, if you're able to get outside the pocket, you're running, then you're able to just throw the ball wherever you want on the run. I mean, that that's hard for defenses because when, the quarterback gets out of the pocket. I mean, the game, the game changes, you know, there's not specific routes. The route combinations are over. Now it's play ball. And so if you're able to, as a quarterback, if you're able to get outside the pocket and just play ball and fling that sucker around when you're moving outside the pocket or tuck it down and run, get, get, get some yards on the ground get first downs, keep moving the ball. I feel like that definitely adds a layer to the game that definitely sets quarterbacks apart. And so that's kind of what I've been wanting to focus on just through the spring, the summer, and coming in through the fall. I love it. Um, you, you, you mentioned you, you watch a lot of film, obviously game prep. Mm-hmm. I imagine that as a football player, you're, you're, you're watching a lot of football, uh, you know, pros, other colleges. Is there a quarterback out there that you like to, to study, to watch, and try to implement some of their, um, you know, some of, of what they do well into your game or somebody you kind of try to model a little bit? Yeah, I, I would I would say there's like one model. I mean, Josh Allen would be the first guy that comes to my mind because of the way he does things and he can. But I mean, right. I just think as far as the quarterback playing the NFL is concerned as of right now, I mean, I think there is it's probably the most elite quarterback play there has ever been. I mean, you want to talk about top to bottom. I mean, you got you've got rookies coming in like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, and I mean these guys are freaking rocking it these last two or three years and. I mean, those are the young guys, and you've got the veteran guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. 
I mean, I think the quarterback play, I mean, I think you're able to just kind of pick up on different things from everybody because, I mean, you look at like the game management that Tom Brady that has and then the cannon that Herbert and Josh Allen get thrown. And then all of a sudden you look at Patrick Mahomes, the one the crap he's doing. That's just, just the gun's pretty incredible. Real quick, <laughs> it, did you see that um, Eli Manning undercover video? Yes, I liked it on Twitter. I was buzzing. <laughs> that was amazing, Chad, right? Chad Towers, think fast, run fast. <laughs> think fast, run fast. I don't know. Oh. Think, run this morning. think fast, run fast. Think fast, run fast. I just watched that after practice. It's funny you bring it up. So now, oh, now yeah. we need to see you so doing good. that in practice. Think fast, run fast. <laughs> think fast, run fast. Um, well, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, you know the season. We're getting into conference play. We already talked a little bit about Arizona State. Uh, everybody knows you guys are the returning champions. Um, you know, you maybe have a little bit of that target on your back. I think UCLA and USC leaving the conference probably <laughs> did you guys a little bit of a solid in, in taking some of the ire maybe from from other teams wanting to get them some payback. And and um, but but of course you guys are going to get everybody's best shot because you are the you're the king of the hill right now. You're the defending Pac-12 title champions. You guys are intent on on making it back to Las Vegas. Uh, this December and, and, and taking home some more hardware, um, you know, going into, into Pac-12 play, um, what are you, you know, what are your guys' thoughts and as far as, you know, your goals and, and winning the, the conference and winning each week, um, you know, does the approach change slightly once we're into conference and, you know, these are teams we know a lot better because we face them year in and year out. Um, or is it, you know, is it, is it just, uh, you know, a, a, a more of the same, um, from week to week? Uh, I would say it's more the same week to week. You know, each and every week, you know, you have that focus about going 1-0 and every week, win each day, and then you're going to win on Saturday. You know, if you're taking advantage of your opportunities you have throughout the week, you know, you're, it's definitely going to pay off on Saturday. And so, I mean, as far as the focus goes and the mindset with things, it's 1-0 and every week. It doesn't matter who's playing who next week or if we're, whoever we're headed, if we've got a three hour flight or a five hour flight, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on next week. It's about going one and all this week. And our focus right now is on the Arizona state Sun Devils beating them on Saturday, Sunday, then we can focus on whoever we're playing next and where we're headed. I love it. You know, uh, three hour flight is definitely uh, different from a five hour flight, especially when you're sitting next to Andrew McCullough <laughs> for that amount of time. You prefer the five-hour flight so you can get more, <laughs> more. All right, more all right. If we're being honest, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, obviously we're going down to to Tempe this week, um, uh, and by we, I mean I'm using the royal we. You guys are going down to Tempe this week. Um, you know, business trip. You guys got to get down there, take care of business. Uh, you can't win the conference if you don't if you don't win each week. Um, yeah. So like you said, kind of week to week. Um, you haven't. You haven't been to Arizona State yet uh, in your time here at Utah. Uh, you were a freshman last year. We played them at home. Um, what do you do, though, that's different um, when you're going into a road game uh, versus a home game as far as the preparation goes uh, and that business trip mentality? Oh, man, I don't think there's really anything that changes. I would say maybe you have more time on airplane to maybe look over some notes, but I would say – you're, you're studying not really altered. Cause I feel like when the time that we're on the plane would be like, kind of like the time where we would be having like walkthrough practices and where I'm driving, like, cause I mean, it's like an hour, hour flight down hour to and a half. or something yeah. like that, hour and a half, you know what I mean? As far as practice and driving back and forth from my house and stuff, I mean, that's about the same, the same amount of time. And so, I mean, as far as preparation goes, I mean, if anything, you, 
probably have more time with away games. Yeah. Um, how do you prepare? Uh, obviously, we, we know, uh, you know, um, you know, there's noise factors, things like that. Mm-hmm. You guys got to be, you got to uh, prepare extra on a snap count. But psychologically, um, I mean, what are your thoughts when you go into a hostile environment? Do you, do you kind of revel in that? Do you guys, do you personally enjoy uh, the hostile environment? Uh, do, do you feed off of that? Or is it more like, hey, block out the noise, focus on my, my craft? Both, if that makes any sense. I love going in the hostile environments. I think the crowd noise, other teams' crowd noise fires me up. It gets me excited. But at the same time, you know, you have to be able to block all that out and focus on your assignment, especially at quarterback when you've got crowd noise. If you're making a protection check, you're changing the play, you have to over-communicate the play. And, I mean, like, if you've ever seen – I mean, I, I can just think of, like, Peyton Manning running up to his old line and, yeah. you know, doing all that stuff. You know, that's kind of the stuff you have to do with that crowd noise because you have to, you have to over-communicate. You know, I think yeah. the game with the team down south playing Baylor, I mean, Baylor, they were a little shell-shocked with that crowd noise. And yeah. what, 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 sixty-five thousand. I mean, it's not ninety. You know, you you yeah. you go from playing in the Rose Bowl with ninety to going down south eight months later for your very next yeah. game in Florida, playing in front of ninety. It's a little bit different, but still sixty-five thousand. That's yeah. That's a that's a few so, people. Yeah. So I mean, well, when you've got that crowd noise, you have to be able to, as a quarterback, if if you know you have those tools to be able to over communicate and you have to do that effectively. And so, I mean, that, that is probably one of the hardest things with teams coming into with crowd noise factors is, are you able to block out that noise and focus on your assignment? And if the, your assignment changes, are you able to do that with the crowd noise? But I feel like, I mean, we were prepared going out into Florida, you know, there were very, I don't even know, very few, if any uh, issues as far as assignments and stuff with crowd in terms of the crowd noise and so I feel like whenever we're heading into hostile environments like that with the crowd noise our coaches it is it is clear that we are prepared for when those situations come up yeah and I've not been yeah. to Arizona State but you know they they do put some some butts in the seat so it can be it can be a little bit uh, a so little bit noisy sundry, down there my sundresses in the seats um Bryson I did want to make mention because you you brought it up hey you you like going into that hostile environment here in the crowd uh, a lot of teams, uh, uh, opposing teams, I, I don't know, it seems like it happens a lot. Um, they wait till the home team runs out and then they run out at the same time. Um, so they don't maybe get, get all the booze or something like that. I kind of feel like that's hiding. I, I noticed that you guys specifically, I was waiting. Uh, uh, we were in the, uh, the opposite uh, kind of corner of the stadium for where you guys came out uh, in the Florida game. But you guys made sure to stop, let Florida get their, all their players out. Uh, and then it seemed like you guys came out so you could draw the full ire uh, of the crowd. And I thought that was kind of cool. You, like, hey, you, you know, wanted like, those booze. You, it yeah, like. you wanted yeah. <laughs> You guys wanted the smoke. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me as a spectator, I've been to a lot of different venues, especially out here in the American West, um, you know, in the Pac-12, uh, BYU, Utah, obviously. Um, that Florida crowd was a different level for me in terms of the overall loudness. That was an extremely loud environment. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Obviously we wish the, the game would have came out slightly different. Well, like uh, we, like we mentioned last week, that was the highest. I don't know if you guys saw this, but that was the highest. Yeah, attended highest home, uh, home opener. Yeah. It was the highest attended home opener. Home Florida. opener at Florida. Yeah. yeah Wild. It was like the third or fourth highest attended game, but 
what did you think of what did you think of the the atmosphere? You know, from the stadium to the fans to the you know to the just the SEC kind of in general. What were your thoughts, Bryson? Right, I thought it was freaking awesome to be completely honest. I mean, we obviously went there a little bit earlier, and I mean, we we would stop at a stoplight, and there'd be a gas station, there'd be nine, ten-year-old kids freaking gator chomping, man. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like they live, breathe, they preach football down there, man. Like it was, it was awesome. I mean, we practiced, we we practiced at a little high school. No, 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 it wasn't even high school. It was like a middle school, maybe, and buses start pulling it. I don't even know how they knew we were from Utah, but freaking just chomping, dude. I was like, man, this is great. And then, I mean, as soon as you get in, I mean, just the, the fans and, and then. But, but tell me that, tell me that you did see Andrew and I standing out in front of the stadium <laughs> when you guys were pulling in because of course they did. Man. You know, we were, we were cheering for you. We got word that you guys were heading over to the stadium and we ran oh, over really? there. Yeah. Nice. I don't know if I've seen you guys because I mean, once I get to the stadium, I've got my headphones in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All and... you guys are rolling in there. With no, your see, we were, we were waiting for the buses to pull up. Um, and then I got uh, I got talking to some ladies. Um, they were there from Florida. Uh, but, you know, I obviously had my Utah gear on and they so they started chatting with me. I started chatting back. Turns out it was Jalen Glover's girlfriend um, and mm-hmm. his cousin. And so uh, I was chatting with them uh, a little while, and I missed you guys even coming into the stadium because I was. No, but, uh, them, but Kendra Bartle and I were we were there watching you guys coming into they the tunnel. Watched you so guys that was come out. I missed I missed it. But, that was pretty uh, rad. But that was cool. Got Arizona State. We got Pac-12 play opening up. We do a little bit of a, a pick 'em each week. Um, we just kind of pick some top twenty-five games. It's and our, the, it's our, it's our Pac-12. weekly pick pick 'em pool. Uh, as as Andrew mentioned, this week we start that whole Pac-12 play. Um, but let's let's start out with a, a few games in the top twenty-five. Um. We're not going to go with Georgia Kent State because that's not even worth picking. But you know, let's start out with Michigan Maryland. Uh, Maryland coming off of a win against Southern Methodist last week, um, and then you've got Michigan who just completely blew out UConn, fifty-nine to nothing. This game is uh, taking place in Ann Arbor. Michigan is favored by sixteen and a half points. Let's start with you, Bryson. Who do you have for this one? I'm going to have to go with Michigan. I mean, they're kind of on a roll right now, and you're headed into the big house, and I don't think there's anything you can do about that one. Andrew, what do you got? Yeah, um, Michigan's going to roll. I'd be surprised if Maryland can keep it within 21. Yeah, I think that um, that that's a safe pick. You know, both teams are, are undefeated now, but, like, they just don't have the gusto to come in and uh, and pull that one off. Um you know, then you've got Clemson coming in and taking Wake Forest, uh, Central Michigan, Penn State. 
Um, Central Michigan, a one and two Central Michigan coming into um, to Penn State uh, State College. Penn State last uh, beat Auburn 41-12. I don't remember what the pick was for that one. But uh, Bryson, who do you have for this game? Penn State, you know, coming off coming off going down to the SEC and coming off a big win. I mean, kind of got some momentum rolling into that game. Yeah, Penn State rolls. Christian, you skipped over Clemson Wake Forest. We're gonna pick that one. No, nah, we're not gonna pick that one. It's not worth it. No, you want to. A, yeah, that's a that's great a matchup. You're gonna, say, you're gonna say it's a it's yeah. a good matchup. Yeah, that's number five, Clemson. So uh, I'm, I'm also going number... Penn State on this one. Oh, you already got Penn State as well. Uh, but uh, Clemson it's... is going into Wake Forest. That's number they five. Wake, For- Wake Forest is ranked 21 in the country. Uh, Three Vegas and oh. likes... Both mm-hmm. of those teams Vegas are undefeated. Likes... Yeah, Vegas likes Clemson by a touchdown. Uh, Bryson, thoughts on that game? So real quick, uh, Clemson, their their last one is 48-20 against Louisiana Tech. Um, pretty convincing win. And um, Wake Forest, they took on Liberty and barely squeezed by 37-36. I'm going to have to say Clemson just because Wake Forest struggling the week before, beating a team that's probably more inferior to them. And then, I mean, Clemson just kind of got things rolling. And I just feel like they're just going to keep on going. To borrow a phrase – uh, from Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Not so uh, fast. <laughs> I like Wake Forest. I think the reason Wake Forest struggled last week is because they were uh, eyeballing Clemson for the week ahead. Uh, you know, coaches say it's one week at a time, but let's be honest, mm. uh, they were they were they were p- taking a peek at Clemson early. It's at Wake Forest. Um, Clemson, uh, you know, it's I don't know. It's it's not quite the Clemson of old. They haven't been opinion. tested yet. That's for sure. Right. And I think, you know, getting tested, their first real test is going to be on the road. I think Wake Forest pulls an upset. Give me the Demon Deacons over uh, over the Tigers. And I'm going to I'm going to stick with Bryson and say that that it'll be a close game. But Clemson will barely squeeze this one out. I don't think it'll be I think it'll be, you know, a, a three point score um, uh, over Wake Forest. Um. Next up on the list, um, let's go. Let's go, Baylor. Since they were just here in Utah, Baylor, Iowa State, Baylor coming off of uh, uh, a win last week. Texas State kind of wash wash it out after that that loss against BYU, um, and they will be going to Iowa State, um, who is undefeated. Um, and last week, they beat um, the Ohio Bobcats in a very convincing win. So, who do you have for this one, Andrew? Um, yeah, I like the upset here again. I really like Iowa State beating Baylor. Um, I think Vegas actually has Iowa State picked in this one by the by three or points. Yeah, um, I Baylor had some good offensive line play. Um, their quarterback play was so subpar. Uh, they're going to struggle a lot this year. I think they run into it against Iowa State, and uh, I think the Cyclones get them. Give me Iowa State. Bryson, who you got? Man, I might just have to go with Baylor. You know, I think after having that loss two weeks ago, I feel like it's kind of woken them up a little bit. I know Iowa State, they struggled with Iowa, and Iowa scored their first touchdown in like week three. <laughs> hey, field goals win games too, baby. 
they, they do. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not saying they don't, but when you're struggling with, when you're barely, your offense is struggling against Iowa, it's a freaking baseball scoring game. I don't feel like, they're gonna, I feel like once Baylor kind of gets things rolling in their passing game, I feel like they're going to be able to pick it up. You know? That's some quarterback yep. trash talk right there. If I ever was heard it. Remind me that game, what that score was. At one point it was five to three. Um, <laughs> just, it was, so they end up winning seven to three against the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Uh, this is the game that Bryson was mentioned uh, about uh, Iowa. Uh, you would think that was a touchdown and a field goal, but you would be wrong. It was, yeah. uh, it was, it was a field goal for South, uh, South Dakota State and a field goal for Iowa, and then two safeties uh, to get their seven points. So, uh, like Bryson mentioned, uh, they're scoring seven points the old-fashioned way with a field goal and a couple of safeties. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that was a very Iowa-esque uh, score. Well, um, with that in mind, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with uh, with the upset of with it with this one as well only because i want i want baylor to lose for no other reason and i'll keep it to, to myself for for why but um <laughs> let's head let's head back south florida tennessee number 20 florida um taking on 11 tennessee 11 so, tennessee it's on rocky top um my grandfather my mom's from tennessee my grandfather's a big ut fan um florida has at times looked very good and at times looked very pedestrian. Um, Vegas they came off they came off of last half. week of a squeezing by a win against South Florida, 31 28, which mm-hmm. you know that's not helping us a whole lot. But um, Tennessee undefeated, number 11, yep. um, convincingly beat Akron. So, powerhouse, yeah, <laughs> the Akron powerhouse. So, who, who do you um, have for this one, Bryson? Man, I think it's just going to come down to Richardson's play. I mean, the way he played against us week one, I mean, that dude was – he was playing at Heisman candidate level. And from what I've heard, it hasn't been the same. I know he's a little banged up from what kind of what I've heard just around. But I might have to just go with Tennessee if Richardson's banged up. Andrew, who do you have? Yeah, so this, this, uh, this is a rivalry game. Um, as pretty much every game in the SEC seems like it is. But uh, Tennessee has struggled mightily against Florida for the uh, this century. <laughs> uh, I think they're like 1-15 in, in their last 16 games against Florida. Um, I think this is the week Florida bounces back. I think Florida is supremely talented. I said in my preseason uh, article for Ute Zone that I think – that I thought Florida would underachieve, um, but yet they're an over-talented roster. I actually think this is a game they're going to get. They're going to they're going to continue the the dreadful uh, you know rivalry uh, between Florida and Tennessee, and they're going to they're going to get the balls. Yeah, I I think that I think that you're right there that uh, that Tennessee is going to they they're gonna they're gonna struggle. But they'll they'll come out. Um, pull it out. Pull it out on the on the win on that one. Uh, unfortunately, because again, it's it's not going to help our resume. Um, let's do it one more from from around the top twenty five before we switch gears and head over to the Pac twelve. Let's do um, Ohio State Wisconsin um, heading over to the Big Ten. Um, Wisconsin is a is a two and one team. 
not looking excellent. Lost to Washington State in week two in a 17-14 loss. Ohio State's doing Ohio State. So, you know, we'll 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 have Andrew, we'll have Andrew start with this one because this this has got some some bad taste in Bryson's mouth, I'm sure, still. So will you <laughs> yeah, we'll Ohio you... State and no offense, Bryson, Ohio State has uh the quarterback that uh, the best quarterback I've ever seen play live, CJ Stroud. He throws an absolute perfect ball. Uh, it's the ball looks good in the air. It's it's like almost always supremely placed, unless Clark Phillips is around, in which case they get picked. <laughs> um, but CJ Stroud is just he is on another level. That guy is he's insane. He's on he fire. Did. He's got 941 yeah. yards for 11 touchdowns this on the season, 62 wow. and 85. Yeah, he's he's just playing at a whole nother level. Uh, right now, you know, he's thrown it like a 73% clip. Um, you know, he's, he's already got 11 touchdowns. His ratings like over 200, which is just insane. Um, I look to them. They're just going to roll Wisconsin. I, again, I think this is like a three touchdown type game. I give me Ohio state big. Bryson. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with them on that one. I mean, their offense is going to put up points. And I don't think Wisconsin's eye formation, eye tight, running that rock is going to be able to hang with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you, you saw, you were there, that. you you witnessed what they have on the field, and it's not changed much since January. So yeah, when when you've got first round picks all over in your perimeter players, I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. So switching gears, let's go over to Pac-12. So first up, we've got UCLA heading over to Boulder to take on the the. Colorado Buffs. So, Bryson, who do you have for this one? I'm going to have to go with UCLA. I don't think Colorado's been playing very good football. But, you know, things could change. You know, you always got to respect the team, but I'm going to have to take UCLA. Yeah, Andrew? Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if I would call what Colorado's doing right now playing football. It's bad. Um, the university just put out a press release basically saying we're garbage and we know it, um, but we're going to try really hard. Um, the good news for them is that uh, UCLA, the softest team in the Pac-12 conference, um, <laughs> just narrowly escaped a loss to so- Southern Alabama. They needed a fourth time, uh, fourth quarter uh, comeback with a game-winning uh, field goal to beat Southern Alabama. But the bad news is uh, Colorado is still very bad. Give me UCLA. Um, give me – Give me them not only to win, but to probably cover the uh, 22-point spread. Yeah, easy win. UCLA on this one. Next up on the list, this is an interesting matchup. You got Oregon, number 15 Oregon, going to Washington State. As we mentioned, Washington State in week, in week two, um, they beat Wisconsin, which has Washington State only only being – down a bit in the in the um Vegas line. Uh Oregon is only favored by six and a half going into this game. So uh Andrew, who do you have for this one? Yeah, this is an interesting game for me. If Washington State, uh, you know, if this was like an SEC school, they'd probably be top 10 right now. Um, they're a Pac-12 school, so they're unranked. Um, but uh playing Oregon, 
which Oregon, um, they looked absolutely dreadful against Georgia, but that might be more due to how good Georgia is than, than how bad Oregon is. Um, but they looked really good against BYU last week. Um, Washington State, like you mentioned, they beat Wisconsin on the road in Madison. That was a very, uh, you know, very good win. But then they also struggled against Idaho uh, in their week one opener, winning uh, by seven points. Um, I think Oregon wins, but I think this game comes really down to the wire. Um, give me Oregon to win, but Washington State to cover the six and a half spread. Bryson, what do you got here? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Oregon. You know, I definitely think week one, I don't think they're playing their football, but I feel like these last two weeks, you know, they've been playing some pretty good football. And I mean, the more they win, the better our win is going to look like in November. So we have to go with the this is this is that. the least part of our of our uh, weekly pick and pull because we have to pick Oregon. But you know when you got a matchup <laughs> like this, you gotta you gotta go with the smart picks. And you know this is a is a heavily fought competition between Andrew and I. So I'm gonna have to go Oregon on this one. Um, next up, you got Arizona heading over to Berkeley to take on Cal. Um, you know, not not anything to to really get excited about um cal is uh currently favored uh i forget how many points three and a half i think three and a half points three the lines at three okay um so bryson who do you have for this one i'm gonna have to go with arizona i think arizona's been playing some pretty good ball this year you know they you know we were able to kind of i mean you don't really watch their offense a whole lot but i was able to watch a little bit of them with preparing for San Diego state. And I feel like, you know, they're doing pretty well and I think they're going to get it. Yeah. Love it. Andrew. You know, um, this one's a tough one for me because I think both these programs are on the rise. They've, they've been down the last few years. Uh, like Bryson mentioned, Arizona looked great against uh, San Diego state. They threw the ball all over the yard. Um, they did one of the most boneheaded things I think you can do in college. And they scheduled North Dakota state, which is, it's a lose-lose game because if you win, well, you know, you're supposed to because you're playing an FCS school. Uh, but that's a great, great, great FCS program. So it's really hard to tell. Um, you know, it was a close game against them, but it's North Dakota State is a great school. Um, and then you have Cal that's on the come up. I picked Cal uh, – Did I, I think I picked Cal to actually upset Notre Dame. Um, and I, I frankly, I think they still should have. They kind of botched that game last week in South Bend. Notre Dame was able to, to edge them that was, by a That touchdown. was a good game to watch. It was a very good game. I thought, you know, again, I picked Cal. I, you know, in hindsight, I still like the pick because um, they, you know, like I said, they probably should have got, got the win there, at least forced overtime at the minimum. I'm going to go with Cal because it's it's at home. Arizona is a younger team going on the road. I think this is just one of those learning curves. you got to learn to win on the road. Um, so I think the, the Cal Bears and their terrifying mascot uh, win this one. I'm going to go the other way and uh, side with Bryce on this one. Say Arizona is going to take this one. Um, next up, you've got an interesting Pac-12 matchup. That is that um, USC Trojans going in to take on Oregon State. So last week, um, the Trojans uh, took on Fresno State. Um, that was that was at the Coliseum. Beat them convincingly, forty-five to seventeen, and then um, you know you've got Oregon, who's who's on a roll. You know, last week they played Montana State, 
and it was two a convincing win, 68-28. Um currently the it's a pretty it's a pretty even line, um, considering where USC is coming in and is only favored by six and a half points. So Bryson, what are you thinking on this one? Man, this one's probably tough because I, I've seen what Oregon State can do. I mean, last mm-hmm. year, you know, we, we went we went into Corvallis and you know, it was another type of hostile environment. And you know, USC's obviously, you know, they they've got some talent around the perimeter. Mm. I still think they're only winning eight games this season. I'm I'm going Oregon State. Uh, I like that. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. What's going on down there? But (laughs) Uh, (laughs) USC, (laughs) right? USC, uh, six and a half uh, point favorite going into Corvallis. They've been steamrolling teams. Um, The offense has looked good. Um, Their their lines are suspect. I have a lot of question about the trenches. Um, and I think, you know, which is wild is a, that you still have, you still have certain members of the media that are, that are drooling over Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Well, it's name cache, name brand, you know, the lights of LA, you know, things like that. I think this game is call me crazy. Uh, Bryson won't remember this because he was probably still in diapers, but um, USC in their heyday, you know, in the, like that 03 to 05 run, they went up to Corvallis and played a game that was in the fog. The fog was so bad you could barely see the game. Oh, that's right. Um, on television. Uh, this was Reggie Bush years. Uh, USC got out of there with a win, uh, but in a game that was far, far, far closer than it should have been. This has those type of vibes to me. I think USC gets the job done. Selfishly, I want USC unblemished uh, when they come to Rice-Eccles Stadium. Uh, in a few sure. weeks here uh, because, sure. you know, I, I want to see the Trojans bleed for the first time there in Rice-Eccles Stadium. Give me USC, but Oregon State to cover the six and a half. I think that um, I like I like what you're doing here. Um, your your argument is, is pretty, pretty incredible. Um, I think that no, USC dude. definitely hasn't been tested yet. Um, there are some questionable things going on with that team. Um, but I think that I think that um, Oregon State is rolling and I believe in the beeves and I think that they'll that they'll pull off the upset in this one and um, we'll be taking uh, sloppy seconds when those guys arrive at <laughs> RES. Uh, well, that's fitting for USC, but moving on. <laughs> there's a reason why they're called Trojan men. Yeah. Um, next up on the list, we've got Washington and Stanford. Stanford let's, is heading. Let's pick you tires on a state. No, nope, we're going to go Stanford and Washington. <laughs> Stanford yeah. is heading to Seattle. Um, Stanford is one and one because, you know, they didn't, they didn't take on a team in, in week one, but, uh, you know, USC handed them a loss, uh, 41, 28, um, and uh, you know, not looking so hot. You know, we we were we were talking a bit about Stanford and how they used to be a team, and and now they're not, and they're going to head up and get tested by the Huskies, who just came off of a big win against Michigan State, uh, where they beat them thirty nine to twenty eight. 
So Bryson, who do you have for this one? I'm going to have to go UW on this one. Just, I mean, you're coming off a big win like that at home. You're coming back home again. I you're mean, that environment, that environment's going to be obviously excited. You know, I think Stanford, I do think they're, this isn't the same Stanford team that we played last year. I do think they've improved, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Yeah, for sure. Andrew, who do you have? Yeah, this is a matchup I really like. These programs put on some good football games. Uh, you know, it's not that far back where they were both, uh, you know, top 25 powerhouses week in and week out. Um, I think Stanford gives Washington uh, a, a good test, uh, but I think Washington actually wins this game. And I look to see Washington um, take another jump, big jump up in the rankings this week. Um, so give me Washington. Yeah, Washington all the way on this one. Last up on the list, uh, Bryson's going to take a, a seat on this one because just like Miki <laughs> last week, um, you're not picking your own game. Um, Air, Utah heading to Arizona State, uh, taking on the Sun Devils in Tempe. Uh, temp- I I mean, it's it's almost embarrassing to say. Um, you know, we, we already talked about it a bit in the beginning, the first segment. Um, Arizona State won their first game again, a game against Northern Arizona, um, lost to Oklahoma state in week two last week. Um, you know, they, they were handed their second loss of the year to Eastern Michigan. You know, we, we know, we know Utah's resume at this point. So Andrew, where are you sitting on this one? And and a score, please. Yeah. Arizona state, uh, has been struggling. I think what Bryson said during this episode is right, though. I think the players are going to come out amped, um, going to have some some good positive energy. Um, ultimately, that's just not near enough. They're going up against a juggernaut in this Utah squad. Um, this Utah squad continues to roll, in my opinion. Uh, give me the Utes to win, to cover, uh, and to win big. I like Utah 45-14 in this one. Ooh, that's big. Um, I, I completely with, agree with on, one of every, those on every low being a total garbage time Dude, score, by the way, that, that last week's, my prediction was, was not great. Of course I, I predicted the win, but it was, I think I was 31 20. Um, I'm not going to make that same mistake like Andrew. I think that the 14 and a half points will be more than covered. I, I don't think that they have the fortitude or the, the drive to come off of this of this loss from Herm Edwards leaving the program with a, a an un, untested head coach, um, Utah, you know, goes down there, Bryson, Bryson and the gang, and wins it big. I'm gonna say forty eight to ten on this one. So that's my that's my prediction. Um, cannot wait another week. Football's here. We're deep in the trenches now. So let's let's get you it done. Are, you and I are writing uh, big checks that uh, Bryson and the boys got to go down and cash now. You got to go cash it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bryson's good for two. I know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so can't wait to see it, man. Looking forward to this Saturday. Thanks again for being here. You know, we know, you know that we next to your mother and your wife, you, you have your two biggest fans right here. So thanks again for joining us. This is a Utah podcast. So as, as always go Utes. Go Utes.
Yo, you. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.